welcome back to part two. Yes. Of our wire episode. Yeah. Extravaganza. We we decided we to went do... a little hard on on the first part. I'm not gonna lie to yeah, you. Yeah, the first two seasons took us like an hour to explain, which I think is way too long. Yeah, but uh, I think we got the kinks worked out. We're gonna see if we can make this one a little bit shorter. Yeah, because so, we have three seasons to get through. Yeah, it's only they only got five seasons. Two are we're done with two. So yeah. If you recall, season two ended with um, Frank Sabatka, the guy that runs the docks. He's dead. Um, Stringer essentially set up a agreement with Prop Joe in which they would split the drugs and the territory between the two of them. And uh, Avon called up brother, I'm pretty sure I'm saying his name wrong, Mozone? Mozoon? I don't know. Uh, they brought him in to kind of help enforce Avon's um, organization. Because, yeah, Avon doesn't want to share his territory. Yeah. He, Avon's very old school very in his, so. um, in his uh, drug dealing tactics and yeah. territory tactics. Um, and also Stringer had D'Angelo killed. And also, I forgot to forgot to mention in last week's episode, D, um, Stringer has also started sleeping with D'Angelo's girlfriend. Yeah, um, yeah her baby and, mama, I guess. So that's yeah. that's where we're at right now. So season three, oh, by the way, my name is Lewis. Oh, yeah. Hi, and I'm this Heather. is Heather. Yeah. yeah. And we're uh, thanks for tuning in. We watched The Wire. The Wire. That was our TV um, show because we never saw it when it came out. And apparently it's supposed to be like the best show ever made or ever. at least the more real, most like, realistic like cop show. Yeah. That's ever been made. Um, so we were like, yeah, we should probably watch that. Yeah. So it, we did. Yeah. And we're telling you about it now. Yeah. So season three, we kind of start getting into the political scene of Baltimore. Yeah, a little bit. So we we open up season three after, you know, D'Angelo's dead and all of that. And we get to the point where the major of, I guess, the Western District, his name is uh, Howard Colvin. His nickname is Bunny. I don't remember why. I don't know. They all have weird But things. I think, like, only he, he mentions it, and then he's like, only my wife calls me Bunny, something like that. So I don't know if it was, like, a pet name. Don't know. Anyway, Colvin decides, hey, let's try this funky new idea where we... We have all these like rundown buildings and abandoned buildings on on this part of town. Why don't we force all the drug dealers and drug users to just do their business there and we basically turn our heads? Yeah, well they're doing that because so this season gets into like all the politics and stuff. So yeah. like the politicians dealing with the the police and stuff like that and like having to, you know, wanting to give their money and stuff like that so they're really trying to get crime rates down yeah like they're really big on like yeah. making the crime so, rate lower so this is colvin's plan to make yeah to lower the, the, the yeah so crime rate. so he figures what we're gonna do we're basically gonna make uh they, they end up calling it hamsterdam i don't know why they call it hamsterdam it's after amsterdam where i guess drugs are illegal or at least a good part of them i don't know yeah. And he's like, all right, basically from this block to this block, they can do whatever they want. They can deal, they can use, don't care. Anything outside of this area, then it's an issue. That's when we start arresting them. That's when we start like putting the hurt on them. Yeah. But in this area, it's all fine. Yeah, they're trying to keep them off the corners of like where like people actually live yeah. and stuff like that. So they're keeping them in this like abandoned part of town. Yeah, so... They eventually start rounding up all these drug dealers, uh, not rounding them up, but as they as they run into them on like their usual corners, they're like, look, here's the deal. I'm not arresting you if you take your business about 10 blocks south or west, whatever. Yeah. And 
at first all the drug dealers were hesitant because they're like, nah, get out of here. You're the cops. This is a fucking sting. We're yeah. not stupid. Don't trick, like, you're you just, can't trick us. You're just trying to get us all in this one area so you can round us all up at once. No, not going to happen. So this goes on for a little while and they're like, they start arresting like a lot of low level guys. They start um, essentially like <laughs> beating the shit out of them on their corners. Yeah, and basically, they, yeah, they, do that. they basically like force them to go into, into Amsterdam. Uh, eventually, uh, some of the drug dealers are like, all right, fine. If whatever. it's legal, we might as well. Yeah, they're No one's like, going to bother us, so. We'll try it out. Uh, I forget who goes first. Somebody goes first. Bodhi? Was it Bodhi? I think Bodhi was one of the last ones. Maybe it was Bodhi. Oh, maybe it was Bodhi because um, because Stringer's running low on supply. And yeah, I think they were desperate to keep like Avon's organization alive. So maybe it was Bodhi. Um, so they go down there and they start dealing and the cops are like on the they're like on the corner and Bodhi's like, mm, this don't sit right with me. So he makes his first deal. Cops don't do anything. He's like, Oh shit. All right. Word kind of starts spreading. Everyone and their mother just like heads over to Amsterdam. Cause that's where it's at. Yeah. Cause they don't really, I mean, you could do anything there. Like every, pretty much everything yeah. is legal there. Well, not everything. I think Colvin put in some restrictions where it's like, look, you can do your drug deals. You can't do like your turf beef. That, oh well, yeah. They don't want stops. Yeah, no murder like, or anything no, like that. There's no murder. Like, yeah, th- but that I mean, was like, the whole like contingency. Prostitution and stuff. Like, you could, yeah, like yeah, that was the whole like contingency. So Colvin told him, like, look, as long as you sell drugs, you don't give me any bodies, everything, everybody stays alive, um, this is how that's going to work. Mm-hmm. If I start seeing bodies, you're all da- you're all done. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll come down here personally and arrest all of you. Yeah. And they also start setting up, like, um, eventually they start setting up, uh, like, needle exchanges and, like, yeah. health they, yeah, like and they start. They stuff. actually start helping them. They they start yeah. working with like I guess social services for the mm-hmm. city, and they start um, they start helping a lot of these um, a lot of these like addicts and stuff like that. And I think Bubbles was one of them. Yeah. Because uh, Bubbles starts to turn around. He's still using, but I think he's like trying to get better. Yeah. Um. He stops for a little while, but then gets back. He gets it, back on yeah. it. Um. So so this is all going well. Crime for starts going part. down. Yeah. Crime starts going down. Murders are virtually non-existent, except for like the ones that they still have to solve, which are. You know, yeah. they're always working on. But also, the thing is, nobody else, no one, no no other higher-ups in the police department or in City Hall know that this is happening. Yeah, so Colvin, yeah. yeah. He tells his squad or whatever, his people, his police officers, not to tell anybody yeah. for the most part. Yeah, and so this is only happening in the Western District, Yeah, um, not all of Baltimore. So it's, it's not, it's good in the fact that it's making crime go down, yeah. but he's also technically legalizing drugs, yeah. so, so that would be probably bad for publicity for the police department and the city yeah so they uh so they're going in so like every i don't know if it's every week or every day but like all the all the like majors and lieutenants of the police force they have to report into like the chief of police and basically give them a rundown and the mayor too right no i think it was just chief of police and then like who's the chief of the police at this moment oh that's that guy that i forget but the Uh, lieutenant the lieutenant is the guy that played carmine falcone in gotham in Gotham, yeah. the the TV show Gotham, good actor by the way. Yeah, he's good. He's a douche and everything. Very good, good actor. Yeah, he basically actually he he played a drug lord and oh no, he was a cop in this. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, super good actor. Yeah, he's a shitty cop. He's like a corrupt. Cop. Yeah, he's a terrible cop. Yeah. Um, and so they're explaining to him. They they have to give him a rundown of like, oh, these are the murder rates for this week, and this is what we solved, and this and this. Um, and so that's that was what brought on Colvin's whole idea of like, all right, if we make this legal, all these drug deaths go away mm-hmm. and we're keep confining it to one area so yeah. like and, and the rest of the neighborhood is 
Yeah. Looking good. And so now... People actually can go out on their stoops and yeah, like go so, outside and take walks and so, stuff. It's not as dangerous. So now after this has been going on for a few days, they kind of give you a shot of like different parts of the city where there used to be the drug corners and now it's like mm-hmm. businesses are open, people are like outside, kids are playing in the streets, violence is essentially gone. And Colvin's like, holy shit, this is working. Yeah. Um, so he kind of lets it run for a little bit and he's like, all right, let's see where this goes and then maybe we'll start talking to people. Uh, in the meantime... Uh, Barksdale, the towers that they used to run their drugs out of, like I guess the most popular drug territory that Barksdale owned, the towers actually get demolished by the city to put up, I'm assuming like apartment, like new apartments to like clean up the neighborhood and like, I guess, gentrify it essentially. Um, And so now uh, Stringer is also getting more involved with like the real estate stuff and trying to um, legitimize like, like legitimize everything. Yeah. And with the agreement that he already has in place with Prop Joe, he's like, oh, why don't we get a co-op going where it's you, me, and like a bunch of the other, uh, I guess, leaders of these dr- of their respective drug organizations. We basically just come in and we share everything. We share the territory. We share the drugs. Everybody makes money. There's no more violence. There's no more like turf wars. Everybody just like... We all just work together, which, in all honesty, lovely sentiment. Yeah. Very, very lovely sentiment. Nobody's dying. Everybody's doing their yeah, business. Yeah, everyone's making money, and that's all they really want. Yeah, that's yeah. that's all you really want. Yeah. You just Why do you get into drugs to begin with? To make, yeah. to make a massive amount of money. That's all it is. And so now we... I don't need... care about money. I don't care about things like that. That's why I don't get into the drug to, into drugs. That's why. That's, drugs, the, that's, the only, that's the only reason why. That's the only reason. That's the only reason why. I'm just a minimalist. You know what I mean? So I in the meantime, uh, Avon's out of jail at this point. We meet Marlo, who's essentially like, I don't know, I guess like the up-and-coming Avon. Yeah, he's like um, an up-and-coming like drug... Yeah, drug and he's like whatever. he's like this younger kid who... He's also a douche. He's also a douche. Yeah, I mean, as you are when you're young, but know, he but thinks... He thinks yeah. he's better than everybody. Yeah, and he also thinks he's, like, invincible, and he's untouchable, and yeah. he, he thinks he's, like, the new hot shit. I wonder how, like, a leader of a of a drug crew becomes that. Because, like, you know what I mean? How do you pick... I don't know. How do you pick that one guy that you'll go to jail for? And I don't know. Live in, go to jail for life for, or protect, no or take a bullet for? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. The drug world, very confusing. Yeah. I don't know. That's probably, again, another reason probably why we're not in it. It's probably, we don't get it. I, I think I would be a terrible drug dealer. Oh, I'd be awful. Like, horrible. Not um, great. Not great. And that's besides the fact that I'm terrible at math. Oh, yeah, no. That's, way. like, besides that. Anyway. Just, like, everything else. Yeah. So. So what else is happening? So Marlo comes up. Yeah. Avon uh, starts getting kind of, like, curious about Marlo, because Marlo's taking, like, all of Avon's territory. Yeah, he's not uh, supposed to because yeah, it's co- cause, cause, the co-op. Yeah, because Avon still doesn't have, like, that kind of muscle. He doesn't have, like, that muscle anymore because, like, half his people are still in jail. Yeah. Um, like, his top, his top like, yeah. lieutenants and stuff, yeah. So Marlo starts taking Avon's territory. Avon's like, nah, we're not having that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, he wants to settle it old school by, like, yeah, killing like, Marlo. <laughs> like, just straight territory war. And yeah. Stringer's like, nah, man, like, be smart about this. Like, like, let's do this real estate co-op thing. Like, be smart about this. Avon's like, no, that's not how the drug game works. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is how this works. So, so Avon and Avon uh, essentially starts his gang war with yeah. Marlo. And him and Stringer, their relationship starting to fray. They were like the first two seasons and they were tight. They were like Yeah. Yeah. Now they were yeah, like now brothers. they're falling apart because yeah. because Stringer basically wants to get out of the not wants to get out of the drug game, but basically just wants to take the violence out of it and make it more business focused. Mm-hmm. Avon is like, nah man, these are the streets. That's how this works. Mm-hmm. And, doesn't, tr- and doesn't Avon eventually find out he finds out that Stringer's the one who had his nephew killed, right? Yeah, Stringer tells him eventually. Uh, actually, I think in this season. That's right. That's right. Uh, season likes, three, yeah. by the way, probably my favorite season of this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
so meanwhile, Omar's still around, still still Robin from Barksdale, which is awesome. Oh yeah, Omar's cool. Um, and he's now Omar's expanded his organization, so he's got his new boyfriend Dante, and he's got these two women who uh, the two women I think were also scam artists, like robbing, but just from like the low level like corner drug dealers. Now he's got this thing where he sets them up, and he has them going into like what they call like the reup the reup houses, I think, where it's basically like their stash houses where they keep like the bigger supply that they. that they send out to like the corners when the corners start running low and he has these women go up to like these these stash houses and the woman is usually distressed like oh my god i'm looking for my child like i lost my kid have you seen a picture oh my god oh my god God." and basically causes this distraction as they do that omar and dante usually sip it slip in through like the back or the side or something and like they put guns to everybody's faces and they're like yeah we're gonna take your money and drugs now yeah and then when they refuse they shoot them yeah, like in the leg or something yeah. yeah and never omar that's the thing omar doesn't kill him uh, unless he has to yeah, he, he has he, to. he's usually like just shooting him like in the knees shoulder um, maybe shoulder usually knee because i think the yeah, knee is the best place to shoot somebody yeah you're not walking yeah you're, you're, you're not going anywhere yeah so uh so omar doing quite well for himself as well yeah and um uh cedric daniels gets promoted he becomes he's okay. he becomes like the major uh, of this crimes unit of this specific crimes unit that they keep like building every season to solve like this whatever the which overall. they never and they never solve and it. they never solve anything yeah kind of for the most part um so now we get into the politics thing like halfway through the season we meet this one guy thomas carchetti who is uh i mean I guess your typical politician, like yeah. he's one he's way a democratic f- politician. Yeah, and he's trying. And he's white. That's actually a pretty uh, big deal. Yeah, so he's running for mayor, and uh, it, city of Baltimore is usually usually has a black democratic mayor. Yeah, so in I don't know if this is true about Baltimore, but in the show, I think Carcetti mentions Baltimore has only had like one white mayor before. Um, so he he would effectively be the second, and everybody um, everybody all like all these political I don't know know it alls or whatever. They they're basically telling him like, dude, you've got no shot. It's like they're not gonna vote for a white guy. Yeah. Uh, sorry, they don't trust you, bro. Yeah, like they're not. Because Baltimore is uh, primarily a black city, I'm assuming, right? Like uh, the population. I, I would think. I mean, well, it, in the show, in the show, yes. In this show, they portray it, um, and I think I think it might be true in real life. I think Baltimore might have like a, a pretty a pretty heavy um, African American population, mm-hmm. um, and so. Uh, so Carcetti's like, right, I'm gonna give this a shot anyway because like this city's way too broken. I mean, our mayor is basically corrupt now. Might as well give it a shot. I got nothing to lose. So he's, he's a councilman to... now, I think. Uh, yeah, right now he's a councilman. Uh, so he's trying. So for most most of this season, Carcetti and his uh, I guess political campaign are trying to figure out how to swing the black vote in his direction. Um. So he's doing like this whole thing with appearances in like all these rough, uh, rough areas and making it seem like, oh yeah, I'm listening to your problems and I'm totally going to fix this. He genuinely does seem like he wants to fix the problems. Um, but he also gets caught up in the politics. Yeah, he gets, as I feel like anybody would, because like, that's just how it works. That's true. You have to keep everybody happy. So like, what do you do? That's true. So weeks have gone by at this point. Uh, uh, Colvin's experiment with the legalizing drugs has been working. Uh, crime is still going down. Still no one knows. Uh, mur- yeah, still upper upper people in the chain of command still don't know. And we come to meet a new character by the name of, uh, uh, his name is Dennis Wise. They call him Cuddy. Um, he used to be a drug enforcer that worked with, I think he worked with, I guess he worked with Avon. And he just got out of jail after serving like a 14-year sentence. And he's totally reformed. He's like, nope, I'm going to live on the straight and narrow. He starts doing kind of manual labor odd jobs. He, he does like a lot of... Um, like lawnmower, landscaping, landscaping lawnmower type stuff and he's like man manual labor is hard 
I think I'm gonna go back to drugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he does. Yeah. Um, he he contacts Avon. He's like, hey man, I I heard you're looking for muscle. We go back. We have a history. Like, why don't you take me on? Avon's like, all right, I'll I'll test you out. So they start basically uh, taking some territory back from Marlo. Yeah, because uh, this guy's Cuddy. big. Yeah, Cuddy, a big Cuddy's dude. a big dude. Yeah. Um, it's him He's and a muscle man. yeah, and him and this one other guy who I also like. Uh, man, what's his name? Charles. Is his name Charles? That other big dude. Is the one with the braids? Yeah. Oh, because he's and the one he's in the rest of the. Yeah, he's the other. He, he's, he's like the he, only other muscle that he Avon goes with. Pop Joe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 I like that guy too. Yeah, he's I like good... him. I like him because I like what he does at the end of the, the, yeah. end, of the end of the show. Um. So. Um. <laughs> he's just like shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, Cuddy. We'll get to that. Sorry. Yeah. So Cuddy and Charles are basically like the only two muscle that Avon has, yeah. and and they're proving like pretty effective. Like they're they're pretty successful at taking some of like Marlo's. Well, I guess. Territory that was theirs that Marlo took, they're taking back. Yeah. Reclaiming. Yeah. Um, so they're doing quite well, and he he starts to, I guess, a former love interest who is now a who is now a teacher. Um, he's like, he goes up to her and he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And, yeah, and the lady tells him like, "Hey, I'm married." Um, Nice to see you. You look well. Yeah. How was your fourteen years in How prison was, for yeah. drugs? <laughs> so it was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was kind like, of. Yeah. A I don't want to get. I'm not getting back involved with you. Like. Yeah. You might be reformed, but still, like. Yeah. Can't get into that anymore. And so he he convinces uh, Avon to spend some money on opening up like this uh, like this little boxing uh, boxing gym because Cuddy used to be uh, or well Avon used to be an amateur boxer, and I think Cuddy either used to fight was interested in fighting he knows how to fight. And he's like, yeah, let's um, let's do let's do this because this will be like a way to legitimize this, legitimize this a little bit. Maybe get the cops off your back a little bit, like another revenue stream. Because Avon, like I mentioned in season one and two, he has like that little strip club, and he also owns like some other stuff to kind of like. And Stringer has like his copy place. They they have these buildings to basically like launder their money and kind of be like, no, we're not selling drugs. Like we make this money legitimately. Avon is like, all right, fine. How much do you need? And I think Cuddy mentions he needs like 10 grand. And Avon's like, that's it? I thought you were coming in here asking me for a couple million. And he goes to Charles. He's like, yeah, man, write him a check for like 15. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, nothing. Yeah, it was funny. And like, yeah. and, and plus, I think it's also because he wanted to do it like for like the kids, right? Like, yeah, he wanted to have, like, like, yeah, like have teenagers Cuddy, come in off the streets and he could yeah, teach them boxing and yeah, stuff. Yeah, because Cuddy like lived this life and he knows it's it's like a pretty messed up life. And he's like, man, I gotta like, somebody's gotta show these kids something. Yeah. And that's and that's also the same, at the same time he's asking for the money. He's like, I'm gonna get, I wanna get out of this. this yeah. I wanna get out of the drug game and yeah. let's open this. Yeah. And, and like, I'll, you'll, I'll run like, it. You'll and, own it. I'll run it. It'll, yeah. be, it'll be fine. Cool. And, and uh and yeah avon's like man that's it all right yeah give him like 15 and like charles goes into the safe pulls out like 15 grand yeah. in cash that's like, another thing like about it's avon. nothing that's another thing about avon too it's like if you want to get out like he's like i get it yeah like yeah no like, totally yeah the, well the only problem he had though was when d'angelo wanted to get out because d'angelo was family i think that was his problem because he felt like i think he felt like d'angelo was going against family yeah but he could have he could have still gotten out so i guess part that's of true the family yeah i don't know but anyway so but avon's not a terrible person i don't like he's not i mean for, as far as like drug dealers go i guess yeah he has like a code like again like like prop joe they have like a code which yeah. i appreciate that's why i like like the like old school mafia because they have like a yeah they have a code that they follow they yeah, don't just I guess kill, it's like they only kill their mobsters yeah and then if they do kill uh, or they have or even if they have to kill someone in their own crew yeah they'll take they take care of the family yeah and they give them money and then they do the whole thing where it's like look you stay in your territory i'll stay in mine yeah don't bother me i won't bother you like we're both making money yeah. just leave me alone they're just you know um, criminals but with you know 
morals and ethics. Yeah. So towards the end of season three, yeah. uh, this major crimes oh, unit. Yeah, we're not making this any faster. I think we will. Okay. <laughs> the major crimes unit, um, they figure out that Stringer is buying up all these properties. Or, well, he's attempting to buy up all these properties to develop them and become like a legitimate real estate developer. Oh, yeah. And we don't, guy. we never mentioned that McNulty's not in this season anymore. Yeah. McNulty's like. He's a street he's, cop he's, now. Yeah. He became a street cop again because I guess of like his problem with authority. Yeah, and he, um, like, just wasn't, like, happy and, yeah, in and any he, of, like, in homicide or anything like that. Yeah, he wanted he wanted more of, like, a traditional, like, I guess scheduled routine. Like, he's tired. And he's also with Beatty now. Um, and he wanted kind of more of, uh, I guess, a, um, a more reliable schedule, like, in homicide and stuff. He was working, like, all hours. He was and never he, home. Yeah, and I think it was, it was, and it was taking a toll on his mental yeah. health. Like, he was, that's why was, he was, was always drinking drink and sleeping with women. Like So now he's, like, on the straight and narrow with Beatty and her kids and his kids. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of like he's not cheating on her. Yeah, at the he's moment. like he's like on the up and up. Yeah, and he's drinking less because yeah. there's a couple scenes. There's a couple episodes and scenes where he like will have a like go to the bar with some of the, like the homicide yeah, detectives. Yeah, now he, he doesn't. doesn't drink. Well, he doesn't. He, he goes and hangs out, but doesn't drink. Yeah, and then he leaves early. Uh, and normally also, he would you know stay till four in the morning. Heather and I also forgot to mention uh, McNulty's longtime partner when he was in Homicide Bunk. Oh yeah, he's a big part of the show um, that we never mentioned. Sorry, uh, he's not. I mean, he is. Like he he's, is. he's well, in there in the, definitely in the last two seasons. Yeah, the last two or seasons. Last yes. season at least. Um, in the first couple of seasons, he's kind of like. Tagging along with McNulty, uh, him and him and McNulty are basically just like drinking buddies. Uh, yeah. they're, he's, but they're, they're also always partners. Yeah. yeah, they're also partners. Bunk is also uh, very much like McNulty, like frustrated with the bureaucratic side Bullshit, of like being yeah. a police, but he goes along with it because he's like, "Fuck it, I'm police." Like, they, again, they also way, they also have a code too. It's like, yeah, he he's like, at least this way, like I'm doing my job, like I work my cases the right way, like I'm not gonna do any like shady shit, but I'm yeah. also I'm also not gonna like go above the chain of command and do all that. Yeah. So he kind of just like, he, he does what he's supposed to do. He doesn't like really rattle any cages. I'm um, actually really like bunk. Yeah. I like bunk. Um, he's funny. So sorry. Just, just when he's drunk, just an aside. Yeah. Um, so they learn that stringer is like trying to develop all this property. And we also come to find out, uh, brother Mozone and, oh, I think that's how you say it. Mozone brother Mozone and Omar track each other down. And yeah, it's kind of a, like there's a reason because it doesn't doesn't Stringer tell tell them both separately that they that one is, is responsible, is for, responsible the other. for the other one. Yeah. Getting shot. Yeah. So um, yeah. in season, I think I forgot to mention in season two, Omar tracks down Mozone and he shoots him and Mozone's like on the ground. Like, Omar, why does he want to kill him, though? Because he does. He should have a reason. He never just shoots someone for no reason. I forgot why he's looking for him. Because doesn't Stringer tell him? Oh, Stringer it, tells oh, him something. Stringer, I know why, because we forgot this whole thing in season, I think it was season two, that, so, uh, I don't know if it was, I think it's Avon, Avon's people kill Omar's boyfriend. Remember that? Oh, and then sets right. his, like, set, they set his body on fire that's and they leave right. him in like the oh, middle of- I totally of, forgot about that. And they leave him in like a, the middle of, because we didn't yeah. talk about Omar in season two, and they leave him in like the middle of like the, pro, like, the projects or whatever. And he's obviously distraught, like that was his boyfriend. And, yeah. Yeah, and so he tries to find he's he spends a lot of the time a lot of time trying to find out who killed him so yeah. he can kill them. Yeah. And he and then Stringer tells him that brother Mazone did it. Yeah, so in season so he's three, been, so now he's been tracking him trying to find him to kill him. Yeah, that's why Omar uh that's why Omar is taking it to Barksdale's people especially rough in season 3 yes, because, because he thinks he, yeah, or he knows well cuz they did they did kill him. They did. They did. But but Stringer's trying to blame yeah. it on 
Mozone, so he'll let up on Barb's um, salespeople. Yeah, and so I forget what he tells Mozone about Omar. I th- oh, and uh, Mozone, he tells Mozone, look, you got to get Omar because Omar's the guy stealing from Barksdale. Yeah. That's why they're out for each other. So there's this one scene at the end, towards the end of season three. Omar and Mozone see each other, and it's like a, it's like a Wild West movie. Like they're literally on a street, deserted street, no one else around because everybody's like, oh shit, that's Omar. Oh shit, that's Mozone. Everybody run. Yeah. It's like Billy the Kid. Yeah, they have like, like their guns yeah, drawn are pointed at each other they start talking and they're like all right like lower your gun i'll lower my gun they start talking about this and they realize that stringer lied to both of them yeah about what happened so they're like fuck stringer and yeah and so now they join forces yeah and they're both crazy yeah they're insane <laughs> they both don't give a shit and so um so mozone is like telling avon that uh his shooting has to be uh avenged uh, um omar shooting him and avon is remembering how stringer um basically went under his went under him and started doing the whole thing with like the real estate thing and i think at this point stringer mentioned um oh that he killing, had that, had, he, that had, he had d'angelo killed yeah and he tells avon oh yeah because they start to get yeah, they start to get in like fight yeah because yeah. he t- he tells avon like look man the kid was gonna talk like he, we would have been we would have been screwed which i don't think he was i don't think i, think I really just, don't think i don't he think just he, said, said he didn't want anything to do with it anymore he just yeah. wanted to be left alone and so avon's I think stringer like, got paranoid for no reason yeah so avon's like all right mozone um here's the thing with stringer uh you're gonna you're gonna um you're gonna take care of this and make this right for me and mozone's like all right fine i got nothing else to do yeah i got omar to help me out yeah it's fine. And, but, yeah but he doesn't tell him that he's working with omar. oh yeah of course yeah, yeah yeah so stringer is checking out one of these properties that he's gonna be developing like i don't know downtown baltimore somewhere by the docks i don't know it, it overlooks the sea i think it was somewhere by mm-hmm. the docks and they so omar meets with a contractor or like the guy selling it and he's like walking through the building and stuff. All of a sudden, Omar shows up, and uh, he's got his sawed-off shotgun. The contractor freaks out, just basically goes into the corner in the fetal position. Well, I would. Uh, Stringer just takes off running in this yeah. building. They do shoot someone. They shoot one of the con- is it the contractor? They shoot like one. I of don't the- know if he shoots him or if Omar just like lets out a shot, uh, like a warning shot. Uh, maybe. And it was enough for the guy to be like, "Okay, yeah, I'm out." Yeah. Um, well, like, uh, yeah. And then Stringer, uh, Stringer just takes off running because he knows who Omar is. Yeah, and they're in like just random. It's just, yeah, it's just like this. Uh, it's just this like new building that they're working on, so it's like relatively empty. It's just like concrete walls. He runs up the stairs, has nowhere else to go um omar catches up to him brother mozone comes from like out of nowhere he comes from like another floor he materializes he just shows up yeah he's just there and now stringer's in front of omar and mozone both with their weapons drawn stringer's like i'm gonna die yeah he knows you could tell that he knows he's dead and i forget what stringer says but he's talking to him like being some sort of smart ass or whatever i think he was trying to like cut a deal with them or something and uh omar and mozone weren't having it shoot him dead Mm-hmm. Which I did not see coming. Yeah, I didn't think Stringer was gonna I, die. Like I that. didn't think Stringer was gonna die. Yeah. And um, so now, so now Stringer's dead, and then Colvin finds out about Avon's, uh, I guess, hideout, like where where he's been working out of since he's gotten out of jail. Because I forget who tips off Colvin. Um, someone tips know. off Colvin to where Avon is. So season three wraps up with Colvin telling McNulty. Um, about Avon's hideout, like where Avon's been working out of since he got out of uh, since he got out of jail. I forget how Colvin gets that piece of information. I want to say he gets it from like one of Marlowe's people, oh, maybe. You know what? Because we you forget, so we didn't mention. Um, so during this entire season, they are they still have the wiretaps. They fi- oh, right. and they finally figure out Stringer's 
personal cell phone number. Oh, so that's they right. We're finally able to tap his actual. That's right. To get him talking about drugs and stuff. To, yeah. So at the end of the season, right when he gets shot yeah. and dies, they were just about yeah, to yeah. get him and basically get him, you know, prison time and stuff, and yeah. be able to like like enough evidence to you know. Yeah. Put him on trial for um, the murders oh, uh, and stuff. Colvin, by the way, at this point, no longer in the police department. Uh, they oh, yeah. find out about his uh, his little Amsterdam experiment. Oh, yeah, and they're pissed. And they're all they pissed. are super Every, pissed. So, everybody's pissed. So the chief of police is basically like, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. You're going to quietly resign, and we're going to just try to play this off as like a rogue cop that just didn't listen to his superiors. Yeah, because they can't really hide it. Yeah. Oh, then, oh, you know why? Because someone's putting, um, someone's writing an article about it. Someone in one of the papers, I think, is going to write. It was someone tipped off the people at the paper. Oh, that this was happening. That was happening, and he was like, "Well, I'll I'll hold yeah, the story yeah, for yeah, a little yeah, while, yeah. but yeah. I have to put like I can't not, yeah. I can't have this information and not write a story about it. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, and um, basically and everyone... making basically the police department making drugs illegal. Yeah, and now the cops are in a hard pl- uh, between a rock and a hard place because they essentially made drugs legal and crime has gone down. Yeah. So now they're basically they basically have to admit like, hey, this whole drug legal thing kind of works. Yeah. Or they're gonna have like you know you admit that drugs are legal and then you just have like a whole bunch of drugs being sold and yeah yeah. yeah. So Colvin essentially uh, steps down, but he tips off McNulty about uh, Avon's hideout. He gets um, he gets it from Omar. Omar. Oh shit! Omar that's right. Yeah, off. yeah. Omar does tip him off. And then, um, and then Avon, uh, Avon. Or they gave him a number. They gave him. No, he got the actual address. Didn't oh, I thought he got a phone number. I thought he got the actual oh, address because yeah, then, so. then McNulty ends up taking major crime unit to like this, um, this place where Avon is like headquartered, where he's got like the drugs, the safe, all the money, and all that stuff. Yeah. They basically arrest everybody that's in the building. They take all the guns. They take all the drugs. Um, they have this giant press conference. Uh, saying like, oh, look at all these drugs and look at all this drugs and money that we seized. And a se- that's how season three ends. Uh, mm-hmm. Avon finally goes to jail and uh, Marlo ends up being like the new kingpin, as it were, on, uh, on, the, on west the west side. side yeah. So season four opens up and now season four is focused more on like the school system. And like in teen- Baltimore, and teenagers, and, and basically and how teenagers teenagers get, get involved, in, get involved in drugs, and, and then like, and we continue the story with Carcetti's like mayoral. Race. Oh, we, and we never talked about. I don't know what season it was. Pres Belusky, he got he got kicked off. Well, I don't know if he got kicked off the police force or if he resigned after he shot a cop. Uh oh, that's right. Yeah. So was that season three? I think uh, that might have been season three, or maybe season two. Yeah, so Pres Belusky, that, that like bumbling, like kind of more, yeah. like he's not a moron, but like he's just not a good street he's cop. He's just not a good cop. He accidentally shot a police officer. Who's undercover. Under, who, so, yeah, who was yeah. undercover, you know. Investigating some other drug thing, I yeah. think, or homicide thing. So he has to like and, leave. <laughs> yeah, so, so he shot him dead. Yeah, I think he leaves because he like and can't take yeah that he, he shot a cop like yeah and so i mean now, i get it like you yeah. shot someone in your like you shot one of your own and you know you yeah. didn't mean to so now he becomes a teacher at this school yeah so four season press Belusky's back and he's a teacher so a i don't teacher. think he was in season three i don't think he was in season three either, yeah actually. so i think he's back in season four and now he's a teacher yeah. in one of the middle in the middle school in baltimore or yeah. one of the middle schools so now essentially in a nutshell season four is basically season one except instead of the barksdale organization it's marlo's Marlo. organization yeah. so that's basically where we're at with the drug thing and now the school uh, portion of it comes into effect because like heather mentioned they show how like these kids start getting involved in this lifestyle um mm-hmm. colvin uh so the 
by the way, the four kids that we follow, their names are Dookie, Randy, Michael, and Naaman. Uh, Naaman is actually Weebae's son. And then Michael, Randy, and Dookie are just like kids that they're all friends. Yeah, and Weebae, if you don't remember, was one of uh, like Avon's lieutenants. lieutenants that went to jail. T- yeah, he took, he took the blame for, for, like, the homicides. for like 25 homicides. Yeah. So he's, he's still in jail, by the way. I think yeah. he's... I want to say life. I think he got life. I think yeah, I for 25 life. murders? Yeah, I think so. Um, sure. Yeah. But they are, again, <sighs> paying off his family, like, and the kid and yeah, his like, wife yeah, 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 pretty yeah. well. Um, for, you know, the most part. Uh, more on that in a bit, because Naaman's mother is oh, a trip. she's a fucking asshole. Man. So, um, so yeah, so Marlo is basically the new Avon. He's, like, pretty much taken over the West Side. Uh, he refuses to work with the co-op because he's, again, very much like Avon. He's like, nope, that's not how this works. We solve all our issues in the yeah, street he just, and he just wants like, to be the co-op. he wants to be the guy he wants to be yeah the guy. he wants to he wants to guy. own all of baltimore yeah so he's he's basically using uh murder to essentially get what he wants and it's working quite well for him uh he's got two enforcers uh chris and snoop i like snoop who i like snoop. i didn't i did not like her I like she her. was so annoying she's so funny um like, i couldn't understand a word she was saying half the time but like, yeah it was weird she mumbled, but like I don't know, I find her really. She just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. So Chris and Snoop are, I guess, a lot like Brother Mozone and Omar. Well, well, they work. They work for Marlo, and will do yeah, literally they do have, anything he says. Yeah, they have no problem. Like if Marlo says, "Hey, go kill that dude on the corner," they'll be like, "All right, cool." Yeah. Um, is this, this is the season two where they were like hiding the bodies in the, in the abandoned lots. houses. Yeah. yeah. So um, all these homicides are happening. We're getting all these murders. Uh, all these, well, all these people are disappearing, and the cops can't figure out how because they can't find bodies. Um, turns out all the bodies are being hidden by Chris and Snoop in, in those abandoned houses where they had Amsterdam in season three and they're using lye to essentially decompose the bodies faster. Yeah. Uh, problem with that is kind of a smell. Um, and I think there's one lady, but no one's going over there and looking. Well, I mean, not yet anyway. Yeah. There's like 25 bodies in, in those vacants. Yeah. And so they're trying to figure out. Uh, I forget how they figure out, so bodies, so the bodies are still being hidden, but they're, they find out about the murders, I think because Lester, if I'm not mistaken, accidentally stumbles upon one of these houses with the body, or no, the kids, that's right, it was the kid, Randy. Oh, that's right, Randy tells them that they're there. That's right, um, so one night the kids, I don't know, kind of like a ghost thing, they go into these houses to, I don't know, I forget why, but they go into these houses, I guess, to prove like they're tough or something, and Randy finds a body. It's Randy Dookie. I want to say Michael. I don't think Naaman was there. Um, they they go into the houses. They find the body, and they're like, "Oh fuck! These are where all the bodies are." Um, so they go about their life. They don't tell the cops. Obviously, they go about their lives in school. Uh, meanwhile, McNulty's still a patrolman. He comes back this season. Uh, we kind of see a little bit more of his life with Beatty, and he and Daniels comes a knocking, and he's like, "Hey." Um, why don't you come join this division that I'm in charge of? Uh, cause he's now like a major and he commands the Western district. He basically took over for Colvin. Um, and he's like, why don't you come back to, um, like major crimes or homicide, like detective level stuff instead of like this patrolman thing. And McNulty's like, nah, kind of like my nine to five. Like I don't have to deal with having to figure out all these bodies. And I just, I show up to work. I do my job. I leave, I go. And Daniels is like, all right, fine. I respect that. And he, he, the, uh, Col- What's his face is mayor too right now, right? Carcetti? Uh, Carcetti, I don't think got elected yet. Oh, yeah. I think he gets elected later on in this season. I don't think he's elected. Oh, so beginning. you don't see him as mayor until the fifth season? I don't think so. Oh, spoiler, he becomes mayor. He becomes mayor. <laughs> so, um, 
So uh, Kima and Lester, they're on board for being on Daniel's unit. They've been tasked with, I guess, figuring out Barksdale's political donations because in one of the earlier seasons, I also forgot to mention, uh, we find out that the state senator for Baltimore, actually it was in season three, we find out the state senator for Baltimore, uh, he's been accepting money from, he's been accepting drug money to basically look the other way for a lot of these like drug happenings and murders and stuff. And he, um, they, we find that out because they pull over his driver and in the car, uh, Kima and I think it was Lester actually find like 20 grand in cash and the driver can't really explain where the money, well, why he tries he, to explain it, but he can't really explain why he has 20 grand in, in cash a, in, in, a, car. in a garbage bag. Like yeah. it's not even like in a nice, yeah. it's not a briefcase. Like. Um, and so now they're investigating Barksdale's organization and I guess basically where his drug money is going to politically. Uh, so McNulty shuts that down. He's like, nah, I'm cool with like not doing that. He's like, all right, fine. And so, um, at the request of the current mayor, Clarence Royce, he's, he's who Carcetti is running against and Burrell, who is the police commissioner. Um, he, they, they basically, they're like, look, leave the state Senator alone. And, and Daniels, who's very much by the book. He's like, are you kidding me? Like we have all this evidence. Like what? And the commissioner and the mayor basically just don't want to involve a higher political figure. They, they don't want to get them associated with like these, I guess, drug dealings that's going on in Baltimore because I, I guess it doesn't look right. Well, and, no, why would it? Right? And so uh, Greggs and Freeman end up getting transferred and they essentially shut down like this this unit that they've had this entire show so far. They shut it down like every season, then then open it again in yeah. a slightly different way. Yeah. So they just, it's oh, they always have a wiretap if it's legal or not. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, uh, with the mayor race going on, Carcetti, this other guy who's running Tony Gray, um, who I think is also he's also like a councilman with uh, with Carcetti, and and Royce, they're all <clears throat> running like their political campaigns, trying to get elected. Well, they do it for Royce's the primary, case. for the yeah. Democratic primary, because they're all Democratic. Uh, yeah, um, in Royce's case, he's trying to get reelected. Yeah, um, it basically ends up coming down. Uh, Carcetti ends up getting the black vote split to the point where it's not even worth Tony Gray running anymore. So Tony Gray drops out. Um, Carcetti and Royce are the only two left. So they're doing, you know, classic like smear campaign stuff. Like, oh, Carcetti says this, but he's really going to do that. And Royce said this, but he didn't do shit. And meanwhile, Colvin ends up joining this school where Perez is at as part yeah, of a research group. Yeah, because, I mean, now that he's not a police officer He's anymore, got nothing to do. Yeah, he's working in schools and stuff. Um, and he joins this research group where they're basically trying to pinpoint uh, the, the types of kids that are more likely to, likely to become involved in, like, it, yeah. these drug deals and, like, criminal activity types things. Yeah, which, like, they so, get right but also wrong. Kind of. Yeah. So they basically take out these, like, problem children, like, very aggressive and yeah, kids so, they know are on the streets and corners now. Yeah. And put them in their own separate class. There's, like, ten of them, right? Yeah. And so um, the kids that they take, uh, you know, they're, like, starting fights in class. They're not listening to the teachers. They're, like, mm -hmm. just being super aggressive. Like the, one, Pretty much tell the kids to fuck, they tell the teachers to fuck off. Yeah, like, one of the girls, it was weird. So, like, one of the girls, so they're, like, sitting in class. One of the girls wearing a watch and she, like, this is a fucked up scene. She's like wearing a watch and she's like bouncing the reflection of the sun off her watch into like another girl's eye. 
And then the girl whose light is hitting her eye gets pissed off, stands up, stabs her with a like with cuts a her like cuts her face. What does he? What does she cut her with? Though she, I think she had a knife. Did she? I think. How'd she get a knife? She just like had a knife. She like just cuts this girl's face. Yeah. And so she she's one of the girls in the group. Well, I think they actually I think she well I think at that point she gets kicked out and goes to juvie because it's Did assault. She? I don't oh, think I she's guess. in that class. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and this is all in Pres Belusi's class. And yeah, these are all Pres Belusi so students. This is his first year being yeah. a teacher at this type of school and he has no he has no idea what the fuck he's doing. Nothing. Like he's like he's he's very he wants to obviously help these kids. He's teaching math. But he can't control them. He can't yeah. handle them. So like the first day or whatever, this this woman who's been working there for a long time keeps coming in to discipline the class. Yeah. They actually listen to her. They actually yeah. like respect her and listen. So he's just having a hard time controlling his class and yeah. stuff. And all those kids that like are the main kids that we talked about, they're in this class right now. Dookie and Randy. And yeah. Michael. So Naaman, Naaman is one of the ones that gets pulled into this group uh, that Colvin is, is uh, uh, like they're doing this research group. And so it's Colvin, this guy from the University of Baltimore, who I guess is like an expert in like this type of like child, child behavior. Studies, yeah. And, um, and so they're running this group and they're basically just talking to him, asking him like all these questions about why and like, why are you so aggressive and like what, what's going on and all this. Um, and as that's going on, Cuddy, uh, is con- from season three, he's continuing his work with like opening up his gym. His gym now looks like legit. He, he's got like a pretty solid boxing gym going. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of kids coming off the streets and like, yeah, from him and stuff. It's actually kind of cool. And he actually gets a job at the school rounding up kids that cut class. Yeah, he's a true, uh, not a uh, truant officer, but... No, yeah, he's a truant officer. Oh, is that what they call them? Yeah. They call them truant mm-hmm. even, even if they're not police officers? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, uh, so him and this other guy, they basically, they ride around in a van and they look, the, the school gives them a list of kids that haven't shown up in like however many days. They round them up and they're, bring they bring them in. And so Cuddy gets disappointed by this because he finds out that there's kind of a loophole in the system. So basically what the, what the um, I, I don't know what if it's a law, I guess. Um, what they do is like the kids have to be in school, like at least a certain amount of days a month. And so they're rounding up these kids and this one kid, he's like, no, I'm not going like I'm good until October. And Cuddy's like, what do you mean? And so this other guy who Cuddy's working with as a truant officer tells him like, yeah, so like in the city of Baltimore, like they only, they only have to be in school this day and it counts for the month. And then like the school still receives city funding or something like that. And then Cuddy's like, well, that's not helping these kids. Like, they need to oh, be yeah. in school. They need to, like, learn stuff. Yeah, they don't get the shit. Yeah, so Cuddy decides to stop doing that and just focus solely on the boxing thing and, like, I guess teaching kids discipline through through boxing and stuff, which I guess is not a bad idea. Yeah, that's true. Um, Perez starts seeing, like, some – he starts making some breakthroughs with a lot of kids, Dookie especially. Um, they, they – Oh, uh, Perez Belusky. You said Perez. Yeah, that's what they call him, right, Perez? Oh, Prez. I'm yeah. sorry. I thought you said Perez, like no. Rosie Perez. No, so Prez starts making uh, some leeway with kids. Uh, Dookie especially, and I think Randy kind of starts respecting him a little bit. Yeah, well, Dookie's, um, Dookie's, Dookie's one of the, um, he's like, he's not like, he's not aggressive or like, he's very like no, so Dookie comes introverted from, and he yeah. comes from a foster family that doesn't really take care of him. I, he's not a foster, he's like, Randy's with a foster fa- mother. Dookie has like his, I guess, biological family. Oh, but is his it because he kept calling them his people? I, I guess, guess because they don't want to call him family because yeah, they don't maybe. treat him nice, yeah. and they just take all his shit. All yeah, the time. so all they do is they take all of his stuff and sell it for drug money. Yeah, um, so and he's never and they, and he's 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 not like his clothes are never washed. Yeah, he he's like take showers off. And yeah, because lives in shit. Yeah, and so Prez starts looking after him, and he's like, "Look, you start showing up to school like a half hour early. I'll let you in. You can use the showers in the locker." Mm-hmm. 
I'll get you some clothes. I'll put them in your locker. I'll wash them for yeah, you. Yeah, I'll, I'll like wash them for you. So, so he's not the so, smelly kid in class anymore. Yeah, so Perez he starts. He gets picked on a lot. I yeah. feel bad for him. So he Prez, also gets a shitty ending. He has a really oh, shitty Oh, yeah, he ending. does. So uh, Prez kind of starts taking him under his wing. Dookie yeah. starts respecting him. Uh, Randy is relatively a nice kid. He's he's like that kid who's like trying to hustle already at the age of like, I don't know, 13. He's like the kid who's buying candy at the corner store for like a quarter and then selling it in school for like a dollar. Um, not a bad business strategy. I don't know. And then Michael, Michael's also a pretty decent kid in the beginning of four. He's yeah. got a little brother that he watches after. So he's like super responsible, yeah. make sure that he drops him off in school every morning. Yeah, his and, mom's uh, a drug drug addict. Yes. Um, so she's not really taking care of them. And he, I think he's the one who, and he starts selling drugs because he needs to make money. Yes. To um, pay for their house and shit. Yeah. yeah. And then Naaman. <laughs> Naaman. Naaman's a douchebag at the beginning. Yeah, Naaman. Oh, he's a piece he's of shit. He's a dick for most of it. Yeah, but then you know, he turns out that he turns out right. Yeah. So Naaman is Wee kid um, and his mother. Uh, which I've never seen before, is quite supportive of him becoming a drug dealer. That's what she wants. Like she, she wants, wants him, him to become be... a drug because a Weebay, I guess, made a solid living as a drug dealer. And he was high up and, in there in the organization. Yeah, and providing for his family. Like he, like they, he, he's probably the only person in this entire show like who he has like a decent house. Yeah. His dad was into like fish, uh, like fish. So he has like a bunch of fish tanks, like really huge, like mm-hmm. fancy fish tanks, and all these fancy fish, and. His mother's like, yeah, I've grown to a certain life. I've grown accustomed to a certain lifestyle. So your father's not here. You're gonna provide and get on those corners. Yeah. And Naaman's like, all right, this she, is yeah. Weird. She makes her kid sell drugs. That's what yeah. she does because she doesn't want to work. Yeah, which is insane. Because they cut they cut him off at some point, right? Don't they cut them off? Doesn't um, Barksdale cut them off at some point? Or because he's in jail now, he has they don't have any money coming. Yeah, because Barksdale, yeah, because yeah, because Stringer's dead and Barksdale's in jail. Yeah, so they don't have money so coming have, anymore. Yeah, they have nothing. Yeah, so he has to kind of work the corners. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't want to. And he's not he, great at it. He does not want to. Yeah, he's not good at it either. He's he's more like he's not that he's not made. For, he wasn't made for that type of work. Like, yeah. And so he's a sensitive boy. Yeah. So Randy, this is how we find out about the bodies. He by acts the way. tough, but he's a sensitive yeah. boy. Uh, Randy one day one day gets pulled into the principal's office because he's he's doing the, he's slinging the candy in, in, during lunch. But I guess in this school they have different uniforms based on like what grade you're in. So like if you're in sixth grade they wear like I don't know a green shirt. Seventh grade it's like blue. Eighth grade it's red or whatever. And so every period depending on what class has lunch, okay. Randy changes his shirt so he doesn't get in trouble by like the teacher supervising lunch that day. And the principal uh, or the assistant principal is hit to that. Uh, gets randy and threatens to like call his stepmother randy terrified of his uh foster mother by the way but she's actually a, like she's a good lady she is she takes no, care yeah, of she's a super nice lady yeah. i guess i guess because she is like so strict and disciplined yeah. randy's like no i don't want to deal with that yeah um and so and this, plus he was, i don't think he wants to give up the like the good like gig he's got yeah she does treat him well and yeah. she takes care of him so um you can you sometimes i'm so assuming some foster parents can be really shitty, yeah really shitty so he oh and that's the other thing too uh a couple of other kids a couple of other eighth graders decide that they're gonna have sex in the bathroom one day and they have randy be the lookout for teachers and I think that's how Randy also gets busted by the principal too. Um, so the principal in his office, uh, he's in the principal assistant principal's office. Assistant principal's like, "Look, I'm gonna call your mother," and he's like, "No, I can I can tell you like, I can tell you about those kids having sex." And she's like, "I already know about that. You got nothing." He's like, "I I, I know about bodies." She's like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, in the vacants. Like we we were there the other night. Like we found we found bodies." So now that's how the police come to find these bodies because, you know, you kind of have to. When a student tells you that, you kind of have to tell someone. Yeah, and they also say that they're going to protect Randy and, like, help him because yeah. he's an arc at this point. So. More on that yeah. later. So, meanwhile, Bubbles uh, takes 
in this other kid named Sherrod who is about I think he's about like 15, 16 years old, but he like dropped out of high school. Yeah, he's living on the streets. And and he's yeah, he's living on the streets. And Bubbles is like, What's wrong with you? And he tries to take him back to school and he 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 meets with the principal and he's like, Yeah, I'm his uncle. He's not. Uh he's just trying to get him back into school. And he he gets him in. He goes in like one day and then drops out again. Yeah, he just doesn't keep showing up. Yeah. yeah, and so then it gets to the point where Bubbles is like, I guess you're working with me. At this point, Bubbles is pretty clean. I don't think he's, I think he's sober. No, he's doing drugs, but he's just, but he's better about it. Well, he has a, oh, like you're a right. business. Yeah, because he's, him and this homeless teenager that he takes in, Sherrod, they end up living in like this little shack. Thing. Yeah, like this little abandoned shack. And he sells, uh, he sells like products out of a shopping cart. So he'll sell like t-shirts, um, like paper towels and stuff like that out of a shopping cart and apparently makes a decent amount of money I mean, doing it. Yeah. It's enough to get drugs and yeah. And so he has Sherrod help him out with that. Only thing is because Sherrod's a dropout, not that great with math. So he's kind of getting a lot of like, he's, he's losing, he's losing a lot of business by doing bad math. Um, and then there's this one guy that starts essentially beating the crap out of Bubbles every time he sees him and taking his money. And so now Bubbles gets scared to even do that. So he he tries to get the cops to help him out. They kind of ignore him. And while this is going on, um, Prop Joe tries to start shit with Omar and he tries to convince Marlo to join the co-op. Um, Omar ends up robbing Marlo because when... When Omar comes to Prop Joe's like little repair shop, he uh, he ends up stealing. <laughs> this is probably my favorite thing that Omar did. Uh, Prop Joe had like a shipment coming into drugs. Omar steals the entire shipment. Like it's a literal truckload of drugs that him, uh, his boyfriend, and the two girls just end up stealing. Then he goes to Prop Joe at Prop Joe's repair shop and sells it back to him. For more money. For more money than what it's worth. And he kind of has to do it. And, Pro- no and Prop Joe is like, I've got no product. Okay. Yeah, and then he and he Prop Joe just does not like to work with Omar either. Yeah. Like he's he is legitimately scared of Omar. And um and so now he gives up Marlo's location because now oh because now Omar is starting to have an issue with uh Marlo, and so he goes into one of these like I guess poker games that some of the drug dealers. Uh, or I don't know if it's drug dealers or if it's just Marlo and I guess it's just Marlo and his crew. They have like this poker game every so often and it's it's high stakes. Like they have like thousands of thousands of dollars that they bet. Omar shows up at this game, guns a blazing, takes their money. Of course he does. And as Omar does, so now Marlo's got a problem with Omar because Omar just took his money. So now most of season four or the rest of season four and most of season five is just Marlo trying to get Omar. And <laughs> Omar's the best. Um, so Omar gets uh, he he gets like some bullshit mur- murder charge pinned on him, um, and now he he gets out of it uh, with the help of Bunk because Omar throughout this entire show has been helping the police in terms of like pointing him in the right, not exactly telling him like where Avon is or any of his people, but like pointing him in the right direction where they should look. And so he he kind of gets out of like this bullshit murder charge, and goes on about his go goes on about his life. Marlo's still trying to like find find him and essentially kill him. So Marlo demanding that because now Omar is stolen from him. Marlo meets with Prop Joe and he's like, I 
like you got to set up a meeting with me with your connect like i need i i need to make my money back so he sets him up with that guy who talks the greek is still involved and the guy that talks with the greek the guy that the person the guy that they're always talking to in order to talk to the greek uh they they essentially meet because marlo is trying to get that connection so he can get some supply coming in and marlo kind of starts getting curious he starts he, he starts looking more into their relationship, how it works, like how Prop Joe and the Greek work, how their how their drug supply connection works and all this. He starts figuring all this stuff out. Meanwhile, Freeman starts discovering the bodies that Chris and Snoop have hidden and realizes, oh, they're in the vacants, but they're in the specific buildings where they're nailed shut because Chris and Snoop, the vacant because the buildings are vacant, they're boarded up with like plywood and they use nail guns to essentially put the plywood back up after they break in and hide the bodies. So Freeman is like, oh, if you look for these nails, you'll find dead bodies because these screws are what the city used to put up the plywall. These nails are what they're using. So they find all these bodies. So now Homicide has like a bunch of bodies that they have to, um, that they have to figure out. And Bodie, meanwhile, uh, meets with McNulty and offers to testify against Marlowe, but ends up, getting shot in season four by Marlo's people because Marlo, I think one of Marlo's people sees Bodie, uh, one, once he gets released from a juvenile detention center, they see Bodie coming out and getting into McNulty's car. So they figure like, Oh, he's talking. So they shoot him dead. And then finally season four ends with Sherrod, the homeless teenager that, um, bubbles took in. He ends up dying from, uh, 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 I guess a vial of heroin that he took that was poisoned and the vial of heroin. And this is why bubbles gets essentially sober. The vial of heroin that he took was a vial of heroin that bubbles had in his jacket. And so Sherrod was trying to get high, ended up do, doing the poison vial of heroin. He dies. Sherrod essentially, uh, Sherrod bubbles essentially breaks down. Um, it forces him to like go sober after seeing what happens. Uh, Bubbles tries to turn himself into the police. Um, they they take him to like a detox facility because they're like, look, we can't really pin this murder on you. Like, I guess it's not technically your fault. And now Michael, who is one of Naaman's friends, ends up joining Marlo's, I guess, enforcer group. So he joins like Chris and Snoop. Yeah, because they do him a favor. They kill They his, kill, yeah, so... They kill his uh, brother's father because it's not his father. It's just his, it's his, I don't even know if it's his brother's father. I thought it was just like some, it, no, it was, oh his, yeah, it was his yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, so his, Michael and his brother are half brothers. Yeah. They have different dads. They have different dads, same mom. But the bug, who is his brother's yeah. dad, I, I, they never say it outright, but I'm pretty sure he like molested him. Yeah. As a child. So he fucking hates him and wants yeah. him dead. So he asks Snoop and, um, Chris to, and kill, Chris him. to kill him and they do. They, so now brutally, he, by the way. Oh, they, well, I think. They like stomp his face. They, they don't even shoot him. Right. They literally just beat him to death. Because I'm going to assume too that either like maybe Chris was sexually abused when he was a child. Because he was re- he he's the one who stomped his face in. That's and true. He had like this look in his yeah. eye like I want to fucking kill you. Yeah. Like, so I think either obviously he just hates pedophiles, which is yeah, tr- yes, yeah, or he was abused himself. So that's why he was just so like adamant about like really fucking making this guy die yeah so now michael ends up joining marlo's uh crew because he owes them yeah, yeah and so michael's working his corners uh dookie ends up graduating high school so he, does... no, he doesn't yeah he leaves high school 
he leaves. He doesn't graduate. He what happens is he starts to age out of middle school. So they have. Oh, so they, that's right. So at some point, so the way the middle school works and stuff is like you can you can age out because like it, not everyone like they take these tests and you have to like get certain you have to get yeah. a certain grade to like basically pass the middle pass middle school so if they think that a child is smart enough to go to high school at that point they just let them they let them go so i mean i think he's like 16 15 yeah. or 16 at that point he should have been in high school already yeah. but he was like okay he's finally ready to go to yeah. high school so he, he he has to leave all his friends in middle school go to high school where it's a little rougher yeah. i would assume because it's all older kids and yeah and he's and he's timid it's a very yeah. timid scrawny kid skinny kid so he doesn't want to do that so he ends up just not going yeah so he ends up dookie ends up working the corners but again because he's so timid not great at doing that yeah. uh he ends up working with like another drug addict uh kind of like bubbles who just like goes around and like s- just sells scrap metal for money yeah so the way season four ends is uh they get uh Naaman out of the drug stuff and he starts living with colvin colvin uh then uh, Dookie and Michael and his little brother are working the corners for Marlo. Are working the corners and they kind of like That's right. hang out together. And then and then, and then Randy gets totally Rand- fucked. Yeah, so Randy, they figure out that Randy's the mole because Carver, um, has he's become a sergeant at this point for one of the districts. And he was tasked with essentially, he was tasked with Randy's case uh, after Randy said that he saw the bodies and stuff. But... He let it slip one day when he was interviewing or not interviewing when he was interrogating one of the other drug dealers for Marlowe, he let Randy's name slip. And I guess that kid that he was interrogating, he went back to Marlowe and he, he was like, yeah, he mentioned this guy, Randy. And and then Marlowe was like, Randy, isn't that that kid that runs with that kid, Michael? And they started looking into it and they find out where Randy lives. They throw um they set his house on fire. Yeah, they set his house on fire. I think they, it's like a Molotov cocktail that they throw in. Probably, Something yeah. like that. They with set with his house. the mother. And, the, yeah, with his foster with, mother inside. They're both inside. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Um, his mother ends up being, she lives, but I think she's got, like, super bad uh, burns and is end up being, uh, she ends up being hospitalized, and then Randy gets taken to another group home. To foster care, yeah. Um, uh, and Naaman, like Heather mentioned, goes back, to, uh, is living with Colvin. Yeah, because he he's just one of those kids that can't handle, like, he wants to, like, go to school and, like, learn. And- yeah. And uh, the major crimes unit is essentially uh, brought back together and to look into Marlowe Stanfield. That's how season four ends. Mm-hmm. So now season five. Season five focuses on the media uh, where uh, we get involved with like the local newspaper for Baltimore. Um, they're basically writing. This is the last season, by the way. This is the last season. Yeah. They're writing all these stories. Um, and at this point, uh, Carchetti gets elected mayor. Um, and the we see how kind of like the media gets involved uh, with Carchetti's uh, mayoral race and kind of just like how, how newspapers work. And so Carchetti ends up cutting like the police budget because they're like severely in debt. The So he cuts the Marlowe Stanfield investigation because it's costing way too much money. Daniels sets up a, a little task force to essentially look into Senator Davis. He was the Dav- He was the senator that they found out was accepting drug money from from Barksdale. McNulty returns to homicide, and he he decides to like 
he's basically like tampering with evidence in order to make it look like there's a serial killer in Baltimore. Yeah, because now he now because Stringer's dead, he wants to get Marlo Stanfield. Like now he's he now just, he, yeah. now he's obsessed with Marlo and getting him and getting him in jail and getting yeah. him in trouble. Uh, and so the the newspaper, the Baltimore Sun, they're also facing their own the cuts of their own because again, it's early two thousands. Everything's starting to go digital now. Newspapers are having a hard time, and so they're they're looking for like their next major story. They find this story with uh, with McNulty and his evidence tampering, and they they run with this serial killer story. They have a reporter there who basically makes up getting calls from this serial killer and and evidence that the serial killer is giving, and they know that he's lying because McNulty is the cop who actually questions. He he's the cop that comes in when the newspaper reaches out to the police, and McNulty's like, oh. This guy's lying, but he just gave me the the he just gave me the information I needed to set up a wire to to take down Barksdale or to take down Stanfield Marlowe at this point. And they get another wire set up. They start trying to figure out like these um the, this code that Marlowe is now using because Marlowe isn't talking on the phone at all. He he's just never sends... he doesn't even know how to use a cell phone. He's never used a cell phone. Yeah, because there's just... scenes where like they show him how to use it, and he yeah. goes, "Oh, so you just can open it and dial a number and talk to anybody?" Yeah, so <laughs> so he doesn't talk on the phone at all. Yeah. Uh, he just sends pictures of clocks with certain times. Um, they figure out Lester and one of the other one of the other investigators figure out that the because Perez, by the way, is still a teacher at this point. Um, Lester and this other guy figure out that the pictures of clocks that they're sending correlate to, uh, maps. Um, so if you look at a map, there's like certain, the maps are laid out like a paper map. They're laid out in grids. And I guess the, each row and column is a certain number. And so Marlo would send out pictures of the clock and it would be like 1135. And that would correspond to like a certain city within Baltimore. They figure this out. They figure out like where Marlo is meeting. And where like all these drug deals are happening, so they get like wiretaps set up um, without like a judge, without like a warrant or anything like that. Yeah, so they're it's all illegal wiretaps. So it's an illegal wiretap. They they just use the excuse from the serial killer evidence that McNulty is falsifying to do that. Yeah, this entire season is McNulty and Lester with, and Lester fucking with evidence. Yeah, and and uh, Bunk is just like I don't want anything to fucking do with this. Yeah, if you guys get caught, you're. You're not, done. You're done. You're not police anymore. <laughs> and this entire and this is another season where McNulty comes back to like homicide and like starts drinking again yep. and is cheating on Beatty and he's yeah. never home and his his home life is starting to so yeah. he's just kind of falling back into his old yeah ba- old habits and that's basically what season five is. That's yeah. That's all season five is. And yeah. then eventually uh, Lester and McNulty get caught as you do. Well, before that, the the mayor Carcetti, because now he's the mayor and he promised to lower crime. He basically just gives police free reign. He basically gives police like all the money they need to figure out this serial killer thing. Yeah, because he's they're apparently he's, the, the, the serial killer is killing homeless people. Apparently. Yeah, and so they're trying to. Plus, figure they have this all out. the bodies. And and they still have the, all the bodies from the vacancies. So, so hom- homicide has like twenty five open cases yeah. that they can't solve because yeah. all those bodies are connected and they don't have a they don't have a killer for them. Yeah, and they and, can't place it on the the serial killer because it's not the same thing yeah and freeman keeps telling mcnulty like i'm so close on marlo like i just need another week and we can do this this." and so it gets to the point where like mcnulty tells kima he's like look this is what we're doing because now since this is going on all mcnulty has free reign to like pull cops off of like legitimate cases to help him with his bullshit serial killer case Mm -hmm. 
And Bunk is like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And when Kima goes back to work on like these, I think she's working on like three homicides that were all bullshit. McNulty's like, look, don't like, I, I made this up. Like, this is what's going on. Kima is like, what the fuck right? are you doing? I think the same thing. I think McNulty in this like turned into the biggest shithead ever. Yeah. Like he's the worst. Like yeah. he, in the first couple seasons, he was like, it was kind of funny to see him like be drunk and like yeah. act like a shithead and all that kind of stuff. But then season four. Then he gets better and he, you know, is living yeah. with Beatty. And then season five, he's just out of his goddamn fucking mind. Um, so send, like, yeah. I, I, just uh, tampering with ev- like, I'm not a cop, but that's gotta be that's bad. That's gotta be real bad. So Senator Davis gets acquitted in his case against like the the thing of him accepting money from drug dealer, uh, yeah, from drug dealers. Of course he did. Uh, Why wouldn't he? Lester, Lester essentially blackmails him because Lester knows what he's actually doing. Lester blackmails him into giving him some information on this lawyer who he's like Barksdale's. He's like a drug lawyer. He yeah, helps, he's been like, in the entire series. Yeah, he he basically just helps all these drug dealers either not go to jail or go to jail for, for less a time. less amount of time. Yeah. yeah. And so he he gives he's he blackmail Davis blackmails Davis into giving him information about this guy. They start looking into him. Then they find out that there's a mole in the courthouse who's been um, sending who's been getting uh, sealed indictments illegally. And he finds out that the the lawyer kind of starts to uncover that there's like an illegal wiretap on Marlowe. Uh, he's Marlowe's lawyer now, by the way. And that could jeopardize the entire case because if the lawyer says something in court, that's it. Like the cops are done. The wiretap has to come down. Like they're essentially in very big trouble. So the cover-up keeps going. Um, McNulty kind of, he's like trying to buy himself time. He's trying to buy Lester time to figure out, to, to crack Marlowe's code. So he keeps saying like, oh yeah, there's this other murder and now there's this other one I'm looking into and all of this. And Finally, McNulty and Freeman get found out by Daniels and the uh, and and Freeman, who's like the um, she's like a district attorney assistant in the beginning, and now she's been promoted to like something with the the state attorney at the state attorney's office. And so they find out what they've been doing. They essentially strip McNulty and Freeman of their police duties. Freeman uh, essentially retires because he was close to retiring anyway. McNulty just gets put on like some bullshit detail um and it it comes out that at the end mcnulty is just kind of looking over boss uh boston baltimore and basically all of the stories from the entire series tie together so we see that uh the guy that wrote this bullshit story about the serial killer in the newspaper ends up winning a pulitzer even though it's like a total bullshit story uh carchetti ends up becoming the governor of baltimore um, after his work, I guess, as mayor. Um, well, he's the governor of Maryland. Or Maryland, yeah. yeah. No, Baltimore's a city. Yeah. So he becomes the governor of Maryland. Um, Valchek becomes the police, the police commissioner. Uh, he was the guy that had the problem with Sabata in season two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, Rawls, who was the old police commissioner, becomes like superintendent of the Maryland State Police. Um, Dookie gets addicted to heroin. Yeah, he gets a really shitty ending. Because ha- like, at the end of season five, like, there's this whole thing with, with Michael. Yeah. Where he gets, uh, they they think he's snitching on Marlo and his crew. Yeah. So Snoop is 
basically told to kill him. Yeah. And Michael finds out and then pulls a gun on her and yeah, kills, kills her. ends up killing her. So now he's yeah. on the run because yeah. they're gonna try to find him and kill him because yeah. they killed he killed Snoop. So he he takes his brother Bug to live with his aunt in like this nice part in this nice part of yeah. uh, Maryland and gives them money and is like here yeah. you stay here I'm so I like I love you like but you this is you can't be with me anymore. So it ends at the last episode. Um, it looks like. Uh, Michael start, becomes the new Omar. Yeah. Did you tell? Oh, did we tell? And, did we tell yeah, about how Omar died? I'm getting to Omar. Oh. So this is Omar ends up dying in season five in it's like so the worst weird. way. It was so weird. I, that's not the way Omar should have gone out. He should have so, gone out in like some sort of yeah, like dramatic yeah. gunfire. So like. Omar at this point, Marlo, because he stole from Marlo, uh, Marlo essentially puts out this hit on Omar where it's like I like either kill him or bring him to me so I can kill him. Um, Omar just goes into like a convenience store. I think he's picking up cigarettes. Well, and there's a- just, well, no, but like the entire season is people trying to kill. It's just Omar and him, try, Omar and Marlo just trying to find each other and kill each yeah. other. And there's a point where, uh, Omar has been just killing all of his men. Yeah. And not even, and a lot of times he's just like shooting them not to kill, but to live. And he tells him like, tell, tell so, Marlo yes. I'm looking for him. Yeah. Cause he wants Omar, he wants Marlo to come and yeah. meet him face to face so they can have it out. But no one is telling Marlo. So like it go, it all goes back to Chris and Chris doesn't tell Marlo because he doesn't want to like bother Marlo with it because Marlo's too busy running like a drug empire. Yeah. But Marlo gets pissed about it. He's like, well, now I look like a pussy like yeah. that. I just, but no one told me like I didn't yeah. know. But anyway, so he ends up, um, he ends up getting what shot in the leg. So he gets, or does he, he fall out of a roof? He goes, he goes into a corner store to pick up like cigarettes. Well, no, before that though, cause he, he, he oh no, he, he. He ends up going to a play to one of their stash houses, kills the people, but then Marlo was gonna show up, so he jumped off the second floor. Oh yeah, that's right. And broke his leg. Yeah. So he's been he's so he's been for like weeks broken running leg. running around Baltimore with a fucking broken leg. Still, still killing, ass. still killing people. Yeah. And then this is where he goes. And to then the convenience yeah, store. he goes into the convenience store one day after I, I think after he like shook up another one of Marlo's corners. He goes into a convenience store just to get like cigarettes, and he's looking for Honey Nut Cheerios. Um. So seasons four and five, we see Marlo's got like a new boyfriend uh, and um, uh, Omar's got a new boyfriend and they're like having breakfast one day. He's like, yo, we got Honey Nut Cheerios. He's like, no. He's like, man, I don't know why they like Honey Nut Cheerios so much, but he like goes into the store. He's getting like cigarettes and Honey Nut Cheerios. A kid comes in. A kid, like a like, like a, a legit seven-year-old yeah. comes in. He's got a gun. He just shoots Omar in the face. That's it. That's how Omar died. That was crazy. It was like the weakest death. Like, like he deserved like, better than that. Like I didn't see it coming. It was insane. But it was bullshit. So that's how Omar dies. Yeah, it was and terrible. now Michael essentially becomes the new Omar we're led to believe. Yeah, because you um, see you see it there's a scene at the end where like he like is wearing the hood and yeah. he's got the shotgun and he goes yeah. in and like steals mo- steals money and drugs um, from drug dealers. Bubbles uh, so Bubbles we find out had a sister who he started living with after Sherrod died, but the sister doesn't let Bubbles live in the actual house like she makes him stay in the basement he can never come upstairs and he or locks, anything he, like that. she locks him in yeah too. she like locks well, him in the basement because yeah. she has like kids and stuff and she knows because bubbles is her brother she knows about like the drugs and stuff and, and, if, and like if he gets in drugs again like he yeah. she, she knows he's trying to get sober but if he yeah. he relapsed so many times that like she doesn't want to put her kids through that and like he'll, he would steal from her and shit to get drugs like yeah how drug dealers are. and now drug addicts are. yeah and now bubbles is like legitimately clean he's, yeah which is actually cool yeah he's gone through it's like nice. he's gone through like the whole rehab process and all that and she finally lets him up stairs and he enjoys like a dinner with i guess his niece and mm-hmm. his and his sister and then uh chris ends up going to jail uh he's serving a life sentence Weebay still in jail yeah. and and that's it and then they just show like the people of baltimore like 
continuing on with their lives. Yeah, and McNulty. There's a scene at the end where McNulty just kind of like drives out of the city. Uh, he's or driving, driving into back the into the city, yeah, and he's so just. During, but he, he quits. Right, he has him and Lester quit, or uh, they get Lester, well, get fired. No, Lester retired, and yeah. then McNulty just gets sent to like some bullshit unit because uh, he's still a cop. Oh, he is still a cop. Um, by the way, apparently, very hard to get fired if you're a cop. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, McNulty's just driving back into Baltimore because during season five, to make his serial killer case believable, he actually just picks up like a homeless person and takes him to like a homeless shelter out of state to make it seem like this homeless guy just got disappeared, just got kidnapped by like some other like this serial killer to like keep up his story. Yeah, he went way too like yeah, way it was too insane. Far. So yeah. then he just goes back to pick up that guy out of I forget what state he, I want to say like Virginia or something. Bad, yeah. yeah, so he felt bad. He goes to pick up the guy, brings him back to Baltimore and then it's yeah. that's it. It's just like him driving into Baltimore. Um, and that is the wire. But I kind of I kind of like how it ended cuz like what? The way it ends is the way it begins but with just new with just different oh, characters. Yeah. Guess so like so, yeah. like uh, Dookie, he ends up being kind of like Bubs, where he's now yeah. he's a heroin addict on the street because he doesn't have a fa- like he's on the streets because he yeah. doesn't have a family or anything. So now he's a drug addict. Um, that one cop at the, the last scene, he was working with Lester this last season trying oh, to figure yeah, out the that code. Yeah. He's in the 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 judge's office trying to stir like he's the new McNulty. He's the new McNulty. He's trying to stir up the the police, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, uh, Michael becomes the new Omar. Yeah. Like, it just kind of shows, like, that, like, there's all these, like, it just... It just it, keeps going. It and never then, changes. Like, and nothing ever gets done, nothing ever changes, like, politics, police. Yeah, and Marlo... Uh, Marlo just ends up getting out. Uh, oh, yeah, Marlo has Marlo to... Marlo gets yes, out. Yes, because he gets... Because he was gonna be going to jail for a long time, yeah. so he made a deal that was like, okay, I, you won't go to jail, but you can't... Do anything, If you ever. get caught with drugs or doing anything you're like screwed. that, you're fucked. So, the... His lawyer, Levy, yeah, ends up getting him like connected to people in real estate and politics yeah. and stuff. So, he and could, so like, now he becomes making, Stringer, essentially. So he could, yeah, so he and he becomes Stringer, but then, yeah. but then it's a weird scene at the end where it's like he is in a suit coming from one of those parties to meet people. Yeah, and he and he's really like awkward there because he doesn't know how to like yeah, tr- work like talk he's a drug to these people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's on the street and doesn't he like beat he the shit leaves. out of somebody? Yeah, or he, he kills leaves, them. Yeah, he leaves. He goes into a corner where they're selling drugs and he just like, he goes there, he's like, you know who I am? And they're like, nah. And he just like beats the crap out of him. And then he's like, kind of like the way it's like, yeah, I belong on the street. So, yeah. so he might be going back into drugs, I'm assuming. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, he be- essentially becomes a new stringer slash Avon, kind of. Pretty much. So it kind of just like, Showed like, I I don't know if that's the intention. Yeah. But it showed that like again like nothing ever changes and nothing gets done nothing gets fixed it's just gonna it's the cycle just keeps going. Yeah. Um, There's always gonna be a new person taking over. taking over in some sort of position which I I thought was cool. But that was the wire. I think season five was my favorite. You like season five? Well, yeah. I I mean I like even three. even though McNulty sucked. Yeah. With the whole cover like you know, th- with the whole uh, planning evidence and stuff. Um, it was interesting. Yeah. I didn't like the, I didn't like the media part. I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. The newspaper thing was weird. I didn't like that. I didn't like the, I mean, I like kind of some of the politics, uh, political stuff, yeah. but yeah. Um, but yeah, I think season I, five might be my favorite. I'd say I missed something with it. Oh, I, I agree. I think we should have watched this when it came out. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it holds up. I, I had this conversation with a friend cause I asked well, like, why do they, they thought it was so good. Yeah. And wh- they were just like, it just portrays the city and the police and all that kind of, it just it portrays everything accurate, really accurate. Yeah. So that's I, why it's so good. Yeah. So but like, I, I don't know. I didn't think it was that great, but yeah. also I might have, again, it might have just hold up because it's been what, 
20 years. That's true. Um, I did, years. like, in reading for this, I did uh, I did find out that, like, the producer, um, the guy's name, I think it was David Simon, mm-hmm. uh, he actually did use, like, former drug dealers and stuff like that to make sure, like, everything was depicted accurately, mm. um, which is insane. Like Snoop, right? Wasn't Snoop, like, some sort I think, of... I, some of the, I think some of them were. Person? Yeah, like, some of the... Yeah, I think some of the characters were actual, like... Yeah. Someone told me Bubbs was an actual stuff. addict, but no, I don't think... He wasn't. He was an, an actor, actor yeah. yeah. Was an actor. But he was really good. Yeah. He was really good. But, um... But that and was... the acting was good. I mean, the acting's good. I think McNulty, the guy who plays Nick McNulty, was good. He He's was. British, by the way. A lot of these people were British. British. And a lot of these people were on, uh... The Walking Dead. And really? like Yeah, a lot of them, yeah. I didn't watch Walking Dead. I know, fair. but um, um, a lot of those people, a lot of the same actors are on that show. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I thought, I mean, I thought it was good. I think I, yeah, I definitely think I missed something. I should, we should have seen it when it first came out. I think it yeah. would have, because um, I think it was, again, it was one of those things where like now I'd be like, oh yeah, it's literally the best show I ever made. Like I watched it when it came out. It was fucking fantastic. I still don't think it's the best show of the 21st century. That's a bold claim to make. I don't know. Um, I mean. But yeah, it generally positive. Uh, I don't think. I don't think I've heard too many people say they didn't like The Wire. I remember when The Wire came out, everybody talked about The Wire. It was like that thing. So this used to air on Sundays. I remember like Mondays people talking about, oh my God, did you see The Wire? It was kind of like The Sopranos. I might not even have had HBO Um, at that point either. So I I don't think I did either. Um, But yeah, that was The Wire. Yeah, because there's no str- there was no streaming at the time. Yeah, um, it is a it, it's number it's second. I see in 2016, Rolling Stone ranked it second on its list of 100 greatest TV shows of all time. Yeah, number it's two. Like, it's just what was number a, one? I wonder what number one was. Probably like a Friends or something like that. The Guardian ranked it number two in 2019. So yeah, it holds up. Apparently, it holds up every year. So, so yeah, um, it's won uh, several awards. Brock, what did they say? Barack Obama has said The Wire. Wait, wait, stop. It's his favorite television show. All right. There well, you go. There you go. Barack Obama likes it. So if Yeah, oh, yeah. See, that. the creator of The Walking Dead is a strong follower of The Wire and has many of his cast actors. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, there a you lot go. of them were in that. The guy who played Cuddy was in Walking Dead. Oh, okay. The guy who played. Um, I liked Cuddy. Uh, what's his face? Uh, the, the the nephew, Avon's nephew. D'Angelo? D'Angelo was on The Walking Dead. Oh. Uh, and Mer- oh, Merritt Weaver was on The Walking Dead, yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, that was The Wire. If you're so inclined, please feel free to watch it. Heather and I saw it on HBO Max. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and and the guy who plays uh, crap, I forget his name. Carver, Carver was yeah. the one with Herc. Yeah, he was on The Walking Dead too. He's actually still on it. He, he plays a reverend on it. He's actually really good on it. Oh, there you go. You hate him in the beginning, but then you start to like him. Um. But anyway. So yeah, uh, apologies. I know these last couple episodes have been kind of long. But Wait, what kind of awards did it get? We didn't look at that. Several. Did he get a lot? I'm won. assuming. Got, Several. I, did he get a lot of like Emmys and stuff when he came out? Uh, it got nominated for primetime Emmys for uh, outstanding writing for a drama series. These are just nominations. Hmm. Apparently, most of the awards were for seasons four and five. Oh. So they won a Directors Guild of America award, Writers Guild of America award for television for dramatic series. They won no Emmys. That's so weird. Um. Yeah. That's weird. Well, maybe because yeah, I mean, it, it was, says right here. Yeah. Despite all of the uh, despite all these nominations the wire never won a single i can't believe i can't believe uh the guy who played omar didn't didn't win the fucking award that's crazy he was really good um but sorry i just wanted to it also might have been too like in the early 2000s like now hbo dominates the emmys like those types like yeah so maybe it was just it was a lot of more network television getting nominated and stuff like that but i don't know so feel free to watch. Oh yeah, please watch. Please the, watch the wire. I think you should watch the wire. Um, I mean, Heather and I powered through it in like. Kind I think like we watched it like. No, I think I think it took us a summer. Yeah. But we were also watching like other stuff. It yeah, it's also there an hour. It was an hour. Yeah, each there, episode's yeah. an hour. It was a, that's why. That's another reason why it took us so long to watch so it what? too. That's like fifth. Wait, so it's an hour. It's ten hours. 
yeah, a season, that's so a it's lot. 50 hours. Yeah. That's a lot. I can't even imagine. Like, one of the other shows I was thinking we should do is Game of Thrones, but I don't know. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't think I have the commitment for it's that. It's like, because that's like seven or eight seasons or something like it's that. It's an hour. Some are probably, I think, longer. That's insane. But we should do like a comedy, something that's like some sort of half hour show. We could do that. But yeah, watch The Wire. It was pretty good. Yeah, I think you should. It was um, good. I liked it a lot. Thank All you for right. listening again. I know these last couple episodes have been kind of long, so we appreciate you listening. Yeah. Um, please subscribe if you're not already. And please be sure to rate, review. And follow us on Twitter at Did I Miss Pod. Yeah. Stay tuned for next week. I don't know what we'll be doing. Probably going to be a movie because I can't do a TV show for a while. No, I don't want to. Um, so we'll see you then. Can't do it. Be excellent to each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Heather and I are going to take a little breather. Yeah, I'm going to take a nap. I'm tired. Wire I, deserve, took, I deserve a nap. took a lot of us. Yeah, yeah. So bye bye. Pizza too. I think. Ooh. You want to order a pizza? Um, I don't really want a pizza. I know, you don't eat pizza. So. This guy over here doesn't eat pizza. Okay. All right, bye. Bye.